Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, a podcast which follows the NFL and now a video cast as well. You can hear the podcast wherever you get your shows. Also, you can see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Grill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandGrill.com. Now, that's the easiest way. So Tom Brady unretires. Deshaun Watson not indicted. Calvin Ridley suspended for gambling. Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Khalil Mack to the Chargers. Carson Wentz to the Commanders. Amari Cooper to Cleveland. Jarvis Landry released. Connor signs for 21 mil in Arizona. And the Brian Flores lawsuit, which is when we set this up, that was going to be the lead story and tells you how this past week is gone. Welcome to today's NFL. So we got a lot to talk about, my friend Eric Kramer, and we welcome in D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Always a pleasure. So let's get right to it. Uh, Daryl, just off the top, give me a couple of thoughts of yours on this past week. Uh, well, it started for me with the Ridley revelation and uh... – Ended with Tom Brady coming back and all points in between. Uh, you know, Deshaun's case was uh, of interest because uh, he's from, you know, the Atlanta area, Gainesville, uh, uh, Georgia. And so he was an Atlanta Falcon ball boy. So we've been watching that case kind of in, uh, in dismay. Uh, but the fact that no criminal charges were brought by the grand jury uh, was, uh, you know, significant in, in pulling the the criminal aspect of the case up, uh, from above his head. Um, Brady coming back in, in two months, maybe not so shocking because we, you know, when I covered the Packers, you know, Brett Favre would unretire every time, he would retire every year and unretire uh, every other year for, for like eight years, it seemed like. So <laughs> I'm surprised that the, uh, the great one decided to, that he can still go. It looked like he could still do it last year uh, that, uh, you know, he was kind of going out on top at his own, um, you know, at his own, uh, on his his own volition. So, well, you know, I, I tell you what it was though. Giselle got sick and tired of him hanging around the house is what it was. <laughs> Pretty quick. Yeah. He probably got tired of uh, taking the kids to kinder care. There you go. Eric, your thoughts real quick. Well, I'll, I'll jump on the Ridley revelation, as Orlando put it. And this, to me, it ticks me off, to be quite honest with you. Because prior to this gambling thing, it was him sending emojis around about, you know, basically laughing off this little mental health issue, which I think to him, was it ever really one or was it a gambling issue? And I think it's disrespectful what he's done to the Falcons organization who've been nothing but professional and deferential to him during this time, the, his own teammates, um, people who know him in general, fans of the Falcons. I think he's a joke. And, um, and the fact that now it's all about gambling anyway is kind of indicative of what we talked about all, all year long, Bob. Yeah. Uh, this is how the NFL 
brought this on themselves. Do you think all however many thousands of players and and uh, staff aren't gambling? They were gambling before all this. And I, I, I think that the NFL, as much as anybody, in addition to Ridley, it all comes down to one thing, integrity. And, and you're a custodian of the game, whether you are an owner or a player or anywhere in between. And I just think it, it's just a sad commentary on the person who Calvin Ridley is, that he's made a joke of this. Because for people who have dealt with mental, real mental health issues, like myself, Calvin really sucks. Point. I want to get back to uh, Daryl in just a second, but because uh, I want to talk about the NFC um, South. Before I, I do that, I want to duck in and you throw in Steve Mariucci and his gambling commercials, saying sure. the NFL, you know, is it is just it blows it still blows me away. Before I, I want to get back into uh, the Tom Brady thing because that affects the NFC South, which is where uh, he is uh, located. Before I do that, though, I want to duck in one thing, and that's the Khalil Mack situation. So the Bears uh, end up trading him to the Chargers, and as a former Bears quarterback, does it look like the Bears are having a fire sale here? Well, let me th- say on two accounts, I-, I appreciate the move. One, I'm a Chargers season ticket holder. So <laughs> <That's true. laughs> I love the Khalil Max coming to town and pair him up with Joey Bosa and the rest of that defense. Um, to me, I think the guy that belongs in the hot seat is uh, uh, Staley, Brandon Staley with the Chargers. Because you show me another quarterback who inherited uh, – Justin Herbert and didn't make the playoffs and uh, and all the times he went for it, uh, like he literally himself lost the game against the Chiefs um, by going for, you know, three of the f- whatever extra points and, and say like one extra points went for two and then went down, went for it on a fourth and goal from like the three yard line or something. Um, had they just kicked all three extra points, they would have won the game. So to back to the Bears, though, I like this move because it wasn't Ryan Poles' fault or Eberflus' fault that they gave up two first-round draft picks for Cleo Mack. They weren't a team ready to win then. They're not one now. And he made a splash. Yes, he did. Did it result in any more wins or playoff wins or, or playoffs, period? No. And, um, and I just think that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, to me, look at the long-term growth of the Bears, which nobody has in the history of the Bears. And this, this city and this town, maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's uh, popular, maybe it's not. I don't really care. I think it's the right thing to do because of not just him, but all the other moves they're, moving, they're either making or about to make. Consider this, Matt Eberflus is a defensive coordinator. And you're giving up your best player, gladly. Not because they want to, but because they have to. They need the cap space. They've got other players they need to build around. Khalil Mack's going to be 31 years old, drawing whatever salary he's drawing. And I just, I like the move because I like where this team's going. So to the man who covers the Falcons, Tom Brady throws the NFC South into a flux, I'm, I'm thinking, him coming back. How is Tom Brady playing in Atlanta? 
Well, you know, he's undefeated against the Falcons, 10-0, <laughs> uh, going back to uh, his time with the Patriots and uh, uh, through his time with the uh, Buccaneers. So uh, that's a uh, something that the Falcons were, you know, hoping to move on from. So he makes that team they're, – they're, they're, uh, he makes them the top team in the division uh, right away. Uh, there was some argument that the Falcons – uh, could take over that spot with him not being there, but their roster just isn't talented enough. They don't have a line that can block four quarterbacks been sacked 40 times, at least the last four years. Um, they haven't been able to fix that line, haven't been able to get him a running attack. And that's when the Falcons were title contenders. They had a running attack and the quarterback was upright and you always had a so-so defense. So uh, they could somehow fix the defense, get the quarterback up right, find a running game, then maybe you can go after Tom Brady and the books. But as we know, in the salary cap era, you can't fix everything. So they're not um, they're not a serious contender at this point. Uh, it's a division that was, you know, down with Brady leaving, uh, Breeze leaving two years ago, Saints not really having a quarterback, whether they get Jameis Winston back or – Keep rolling with uh, Tyson Hill and uh, Trevor Simeon was uh, the quarterback for them. And then Carolina is, uh, if they hit in the Deshaun Watson uh, derby, uh, so to speak, then they have a quarterback. But uh, they do have a pretty good defense. I don't know if they can keep Stephon Gilmore. So, yeah, Brady coming back, puts the Bucks in the league seat, the Falcons, the um, Bucks and the uh, the Falcons, sorry, the Falcons, Saints, and Panthers all have major, major questions. So uh, that's where we're at in the NFC South today, a day after Tom Brady decided to come back and uh, lace up the uh, the hot tops and get back out there. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is Deshaun Watson is talking to the Saints and the Panthers. So you can have him and another team in that division. You can have Matt Ryan. You can have uh, Tom Brady. I mean, this this division has to be. I mean, the last couple of weeks, the focus was on the AFC West because you had Russell Wilson going to uh, Denver. You had, of course, Herbert, and uh, you had uh, Carr. I mean, and you know, this whole thing was just in a flux. And everybody said, "Well, the Super Bowl champ, the Super, one of the Super Bowl teams is going to come out of the AFC West." Now you have this situation in the NFC South, which is just way out of proportion now and becomes the big news. So what happens if Deshaun Watson ends up in that division as far as with either Carolina or, or uh, New Orleans? And is there one of those teams that's got a lead on them? Yeah, I think the Saints, uh, you know, they were into the playoff hunt um, last year without a quarterback pretty much. So he would improve them, uh, you know, vastly. It put them back in the mix in the wild card hunt. Carolina, I like their defense. Um, Derrick Brown's kind of been okay up front. Uh, Shaq Thompson is doing pretty good. He's got Jeremy Chin. You got people at all levels of that defense. Um, I don't know if Dante Jackson and uh, uh, Stefan come back. Those are two good corners. But um, that defense is their best unit. I don't know if McCaffrey makes it back. It's, he's just been injured so much. But um, they have – everybody's got kind of a plan. But I think if he goes to the Saints, that would uh, elevate them more than it would the Panthers. Now, the other teams now, Seattle's out there without a quarterback. 
so um so is uh the indianapolis Colts. so you know maybe the dark horse teams get in there i mean the best of those four teams maybe the saints maybe the Colts, of uh, how far they are alone if you want to cherry pick and try to drop into a playoff situation um you know the Colts are right there if they can be the jaguars uh, and then uh uh you know the saints are right there and didn't did they beat the Falcons at the last game, but the you know everything just broke right uh, the other way for the 49ers. So uh, if I'm a player, I'm trying to find the best team. I don't care what city it's in, you know. But some of the kids, you know, uh, everybody want to go to Miami and you know be in the sun and all that. I mean, if you're in this <laughs> to win and be be a winner, and you know, I want to take my talents to South Beach. You know, maybe yeah, we got well, team. you know, we got two two teams in LA now, so right, <laughs> you want right. to come here well, too. So you know, Deshaun Watson's been out for a year. He's still facing um, uh, uh, civil, civil charges, and he might get suspended by the NFL. So, Eric, I'm I'm kind of curious. I mean, you know, what's it mean? Can a guy, a quarterback, even you know, a young quarterback, still? take a year off, go through all of this, and can he come back and focus? I mean, it, it's going to be the sort of a Colin Kaepernick thing all over as far as, you know, the weekly questions and everything. Well, to me, it's not anything like Colin Kaepernick. Um, and I think uh, there's no morals clause in these contracts. But what I think is going to happen is the NFL bungle, they, they don't bungle investigations, they cover up investigations. And they gather up as much evidence as they possibly can only to dis- do away with it. And so this is never going to be a criminal case or an NFL investigation. What it's going to be is whoever signs him, there's going to be an investigative journalism piece or pieces on just because it's salacious on, on um, Deshaun Watson. And so then it's going to be who wants to employ uh, Deshaun Watson, who wants to sit next to him in the locker room, who wants to be friends with him, who wants to employ him. And then, uh, because I think the public is going to be disgusted with who he really truly is. And I know I am. And so, um, I don't care if he smiles his way through it. I don't care. He, he's a disgusting individual and that's, what's going to come out. He's not going to go to jail, but Deshaun Watson's going to come out now. So all this fake smile guy is over. Um, he's still going to smile his way through it, I guarantee you. But who he is as a person is also going to show through. Daryl, you you covered him. I mean, you were mentioning because uh, he's a local boy, you know, and, uh, you know, what's been the uh, what's been the feedback there? What's What's been the, the mood there? Uh, now, I mean, I can imagine what it was when it was going on, but now that he's not been indicted by the grand jury, What's it like there? Yeah, um, it's been kind of a a distancing from the community. Uh, I mean, like I said, he was a young All-American high school kid, uh, ball boy with the Falcons uh, uh, during the time when, you know, they were winning. You know, uh, Matt Ryan and a lot of the guys used to go to his high school games. I remember going to his games from sophomore year on. He was that type of player in the state of Georgia, right before Trevor Lawrence, uh, right behind him, right before Cam Newton, right before him. So, you know, the football, you, you know who these young players are. And 
nobody around the Falcons had anything bad to say about him. But as these uh, civil claims came out last year, it was, you know, appalling, like uh, Eric said. Uh, so, you know, now that the, um, the criminal charges, it's been kind of standoffish because that don't mean nothing didn't happen. That just means, and you know, I'm a lawyer. That just means that they didn't have enough evidence to feel that they can get a conviction beyond a reasonable doubt. So the facts don't change that something happened, but was it beyond a reasonable doubt to get a criminal conviction? And this grand jury in Harris County, Texas, didn't feel that uh, the situations rose to that level. Now, civil case is different, but um, preponderance of the evidence. It's like, okay, something happened. We're not really sure what, but enough happened and um, a civil uh, grievance was made and, you know, the person has to be made whole and that's usually uh, financially. So uh, that's where uh, the legal issues stand in this case. Um, and just the facts that I know, like Eric said, they're reprehensible, even if they're, um, you know, partially, you know, uh, this just the facts that we know, uh, you know, or, or abhorrent. Uh, signaling some type of behavior that uh, less than um, uh, gentlemanly, much less than that. So here in Atlanta, it's kind of like, you know, at one point they're like, okay, we'll just go get Deshaun when Matt Ryan's done. But I'm not hearing any of that talk right now. Well, I, I want to talk about Brian Flores. I want to wrap it up with that. But before we get to that, just a quick comment from, from both of you uh, on Russell Wilson going to the Broncos and Carson Wentz to the Commanders. Can these two guys fix what's going on with those teams? Dave? I think so. I mean, certainly Russell Wilson can because he's the missing piece. They got everything else. And Carson Wentz, I'm not so sure about. Um, I know he's had, he's played well in spurts, uh, but when they've needed him, he's not. And, and I think that Russell Wilson, um, aside from going to NC state, I know he doesn't like to claim he went there, but, <laughs> but, uh, hey, who else went to NC state in this room? Well, I'm just saying that he, <laughs> I, I think he's truly, and is going to be continue to be one of the best talents at quarterback in the league. A, cause he's a leader. He's everything Deshaun Watson's not. Because you got that point, too. I don't care how great Deshaun Watson is physically. He's got to be like your quarterback at least has to have the illusion of that he's got some integrity. How, how are people going to follow him otherwise? Who's going to want to follow the Deshaun Watson that we all currently know exists? Um, but I think Russell Wilson has all that in spades. And uh, he's he's a natural born leader. He's athletic. He. He does all the things you would want a quarterback to do if he was leading your team. Daryl? Yeah, no question about it. Denver, um, Denver's denver got a team already, so he fits in perfectly there. They'll play a little bit differently, but he's got weapons all around the field. Uh, Carson Wentz, I think, um, you know, with uh, uh, Coach Rivera up there, and, uh, you know, they got a decent enough team to where uh, they can compete in the NFC East. Uh, but, yeah, it scares me that this guy this is the third team. He's from uh, uh, has social um, adjustment problems, it seems like. The ability to lead is uh, has to be called into question. But, yeah, you see the physical talent, and you just hope um, for him that maybe it's just a uh, maturation thing, that he gets in his mid-25s and kind of grows up. 
and realizes, hey, this opportunity is not going to be here forever. I need to take the most of it and maximize this situation here in the nation's capital. So um, uh, that's a little bit. Uh, definitely see Russell, um, not so much on Wentz. We got a few minutes left. I want to talk about the Brian Flores case. Now, pretty much everybody knows what happened here: the charges of racism, the charges of uh, integrity, as far as uh, being offered money to to blow games or not to win games, so to speak. He ends up uh, at the time he was the only black coach in the NFL besides uh, Mike Tomlin. Uh, he gets fired. Mike Tomlin's the only black coach in the NFL. Now we have several, and Brian Flores goes to work as uh, on the defensive uh, coaching side for the Steelers and Mike Tomlin. Um, Orlando, how did, how did this play there, and what are you seeing from your perspective in the Brian Flores case? Well, this, uh, this case should have been brought uh, 10, 15 years ago. Matter of fact, it was getting ready to be brought by uh, the uh, Fritz Pollard Alliance and Cyrus Murray and Johnny Cochran, that group that had just sued Coca-Cola uh, for their um, employment discrimination. This, uh, the league has been very slow to, um, you know, systematically hire black coaches. I'm going all the way back to Tony Dungy. Uh, coach Noel in 1978 said he should be the first black head coach in the league. That doesn't happen to 1992. Uh, and then if you weren't connected to the Dungy tree, you never really got a shot. So you can look at, uh, uh, you know, the coaches that, that did, uh, Coach Caldwell, Coach Tomlin, uh, the black coaches that got a job were somehow connected to Tony Dunn. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, my guys in Green Bay, Ray Rose got one, the, the Bill Walsh, Mike Holmgren tree, but uh, <laughs> Sherman Lewis got passed over and, you know, Gruden, Andy Reid, and, you know, even now Doug Peterson from that crew um, have all been hired. So, you know, whatever the issue has been with uh, uh, hiring uh, minority black coaches, uh, they need to figure out what that is. If, you know, you don't think the fans are going to buy tickets because you got a black coach, they can't lead uh, players or just can lead defensive players, not offensive players. Whatever those systematic uh, biases are, they need to be attacked and addressed. And now, um, you probably want to do that in private and not in the court of law, but because the uh, pattern has been so pervasive over time that now we're in court trying to handle this issue or issues. Eric? Well, I was going to say that the, the important court to me is the court of public opinion. And we all know this case isn't going to, in, going to trial, but the fact that they're using the legal system and the media to get what needs to be done done, I think is exactly the right direction. Like Orlando said, this should have been done 15 years ago. This should have been done a thousand years ago. Um, and I, I'm not black, but we can all see the issues. And, and uh, so and it's not just head coaches, it's general managers, it's owners. They blocked them all. And, and I just think that it's, this is now, uh, you know, way past due, but finally due. And, and uh, again, this goes back to the owners covering up everything, either somebody that works in the NFL or that they themselves do. I mean, think about it. How do you own a league? So what, what bad news is ever going to get out when you own it? And I think this is, this is the, you know, sadly, 
this day is come and I wish it went to trial. I do, but, uh, I, I know it's, I know it's not going to go, but, uh, anyway, that, that's a sad fact of life. And I think Brian Flores is absolutely right. As is everybody that's behind him. Well, this has been a great show guys. Uh, we're going to have to wrap it up. We could talk here for a couple more hours about this particular case, along with the rest of them. And, but D Orlando led better, the Atlanta journal constitution, always a pleasure. Happy to get your insights and, uh, uh, we'll have you on again. We appreciate you being here. Uh, that, there you have it. Kramer and Brill, fantasy football podcast, NFL football podcast, now a video cast too. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Lips, and Odyssey, and wherever you get your shows. And now you can see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. For dear Orlando Ledbetter and for my friend and colleague Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill. <laughs>